Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Cedar Valley Church. My name is Grant, one of the pastors here, and we are so glad that you've chosen to spend part of your morning together with us online. If this is one of your first times dropping by, a special welcome to you. We would love to get to know you better. And one of the best ways to do that is we need you to get in touch with us first. So you can comment on this video, you can send us a message or email us at hello at cedarvalley.ca. While we've suspended our public gatherings during this time, one of the best ways to stay informed of what's happening at Cedar Valley Church is by following us on Facebook, Instagram, or you can sign up for our email newsletter at cedarvalley.ca. And now I've got an announcement for those of you who are really missing the face-to-face -face hellos in the lobby before our Sunday morning worship services. Starting next week, we're opening a virtual lobby, our virtual foyer, on Zoom. So be sure to come on early starting about 9.30. We're going to have a Zoom meeting room open up so we can see each other face to face. We can say hello, interact and chat, and then go and watch our stream service. And we're going to be posting all of the information you need to connect that throughout the week on Facebook, Instagram, and through email. As a church, we pray for each other here. And if you or somebody you know has a prayer request or a need that we could help with, we'd love to know that and we'd love to know how we could reach out to you. You can send a prayer request to us at pray at cedarvalley.ca or leave a phone message at 604-826-2445. We'd love to get in touch with you and see how we can help in your time of need. And all that we do together as a church is made possible by your support and generosity. We believe that what we give to God, He multiplies and he, we've seen him and his faithfulness uh, pour over us abundantly. We have several options to give financially to Cedar Valley available at cedarvalley.ca slash give. And in just a moment, we'll be led in a couple of worship songs. And after that, we've got a exciting lesson and activity for kids of all ages from Pastor Rob. And we're wrapping up with a message and word from God from Pastor Doug. Um, but I get it. It's a long weekend, so we're not going to make this too long or drawn out. But if you're watching live, I mean, I know a lot of you are going to be watching after the fact because you're probably out camping where there's no Wi-Fi or signal. But if you are watching live, help us get excited for the coming summer months where we're going to go camping and vacationing by messaging in the comments one of your favorite places to go camping or vacationing. This song uh, reminds me of being in church and the phrase that we say, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. Please join us in, in worship together. Thanks. Look at the king of my heart. 
Cedar Valley kids. My name is Pastor Rob. I'm one of the pastors here at Cedar Valley Church. Pastor Doug is going to be sharing a teaching with the adults in just a second, so I get a chance to share a little teaching with you. I have a question for you. Have you noticed all kinds of hearts and windows all over the place? You might be in the car and you'd see them. You might be in your neighborhood for a walk and you'd see them in the windows in your neighborhood. Do you know why they're there? I think I do. Hearts are in windows all over the place to say thank you to those people who are helping us out during this really weird time. People like doctors and nurses and people who keep our hospitals clean so that we can get better. People like the police and firefighters to keep us safe. People like farmers and truck drivers and grocery store workers so that we can get the food that we need. People like plumbers and electricians and mechanics and, and so on and so forth. There's so many garbage collectors. Everybody like that. Hearts, I think, are also in windows all over the place to brighten people's days, to help them smile maybe, and to remind them that we're not alone, that we're in this together. The adults will be talking about a pattern in the book of Psalms, which is a book in the Bible, a pattern that moves from crying out to God, uh, Lord, help me, to uh, praising God, Lord, thank you, kind of like we pray sometimes. 
I wonder if all those hearts and all those windows might actually help people do kind of the same thing, to move from a little bit of sadness to a little bit of happiness. I think it might. So we're going to make hearts and happy faces today and put them in our windows. You just need some paper. You need a pair of scissors, and parents can help you with that. Uh, you'll need some tape because you'll want to, you know, put these hearts and these happy faces on your uh, windows. So I have here a nice bright yellow piece of paper, and I have this like circle shape from the church. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to trace this circle onto this yellow piece of paper because I am doing right now the shape of a happy face. You see that? So there it is drawn there. Now, this is where you may need some help. I am cutting it out and I'm going to cut it out really quickly just for my demonstration. You probably will do a lot better than this. It's helpful to sing a song of some sort. Uh, Jesus loves me, this I know. You know that one. For the Bible tells me so. Okay, so I've got my circle shape here. There it is. And that's like a, like a face, like this one here. And I'm going to put like big circles here uh, for eyes and then a nice big smile like that. You can maybe use a marker and make it thicker and bigger. You can use a different color, different color paper, whatever you like. This will be fantastic, though, as people walk by to see it, to be encouraged. And maybe that smile will make them smile. So that's what I'd like you to put on the window and this part facing out to the street. But on the back of it, I'd like you to write down with your mom and dad who you're thankful for, like the people we talked about earlier. So I am thankful for, hmm, who am I thankful for who's helping out during this really weird time? I'm going to say the garbage collectors because, boy, I don't know that I'd want to have a whole bunch of stinky garbage at my house. So garbage collectors. And I'm going to ask you to do something like this because when you see this on your window, They'll see that outside, but you'll see this inside. And it will remind you to pray and thank God for these people. The other thing you can do, uh, if not the happy face, you can do a heart. Now, I actually have prepared this one ahead of time, but this is how it would work. You would get a piece of paper and you'd fold it in half. And you would cut from that crease. And it's sort of a C-shape, so that when you end up finished, it pulls out magically. Looks like that. And then you have your heart. All right. So what we're going to do is the same thing. I am thankful for, I'm going to say, grocery store workers. Because uh, I like to eat. It's a true story. Mm -hmm. For the Bible tells me so. Okay, so there's the heart. That's going to be facing out to the, the street when you tape it. So when you tape it, 
but it'll have this on the back. When you tape it to your window, you're actually going to have to tape it with uh, the tape on that side. So it'll look like this. They won't see the tape from the, from the street, though. So you can see the tape there. Yes. That will go right onto your window. All right. So you have a little time now to yourself to either do uh, happy faces or hearts. And then with mom's help, dad's help, grandma, grandpa's help, aunt or uncle help, you can stick these to your windows. And on the back, be reminded of who we're thankful for so that you can pray. All right. Good luck, Cedar Valley kids. Thanks, Pastor Rob, for leading the kids in that creative activity that I'm sure is going to bring a smile to many people's faces in our communities. Let's continue. Have you ever been so tired that at the end of the day, you literally collapse into a chair or maybe even on your bed fully clothed, just feeling utterly exhausted? You feel weak, your body aches all the way to your bones. Maybe you've been outside working through the heat of the day, or maybe you're inside the home, surrounded by never-ending needs. Your strength is gone, evaporated like water in the summer heat. Your words are little more than groans, and you can't even imagine moving from where you are right now. You know, David can relate. Only, it's not excessive work that has put him in this state. He tells us that it's unconfessed sin. This morning, our preaching theme on happiness continues through the book of Psalms. And here in Psalm 32, the author David shows us that, well, there's not a lot of happy going on right now, but just wait, we'll get there. So let's return to our agony just for a moment. The agony that is brought on by unconfessed sin. It's an anguish of the soul. Dwelling in the abyss of spiritual distress. But it can have significant emotional and physical effects as well. And in Psalm 32, David describes how dramatically he was affected. In Psalm 32, 3 and 4, David says, when I refused to confess my sin, when I kept silent, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Or the New Living Translation says, my strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. This refusal to confess our sin, really it's a reflection of our stubbornness. It's a denial of wrongdoing. Well, I don't think it's that big of a deal, we may say, but hey, if it's contrary to God's word, it is a big deal. Or we can seek to justify our sin. Well, if they would have, or if they wouldn't have done that, then I wouldn't be doing this right now. And we refuse to confess not taking ownership of our sin. Keeping silent, as David did, is a form of denial regarding the presence of sin in our lives. 
It's kind of like if you have an issue in your relationship and you're thinking, well, if we don't talk about it, we don't have a problem. But you know, there is a problem. And God wants to draw attention to that problem, not to beat us up, but so that we can be healed. Our relationship can be restored. The purpose of God's heavy hand of discipline is to help us get to the point of confession. It is for the purpose of drawing us back to God. But like David, we don't always get it right away. And we don't always respond to God right away. And then our condition worsens. You know, some theologians, based on references to other passages in the Bible, think that David has been refusing to confess his sin for possibly up to a year. And as his condition worsens, he finally realizes that he is at the point where he needs restoration and what it will take to be restored. How long have we been holding out on God? Living a decimated life of pride, of selfishness, unhealthy desires. You know, for each of us, the time for confession is now. An honest look at our life and a talk with God. Seeing our sin for what it is. And I know that in the midst of this, some of you are thinking, well, when do we get to the happy part? I thought this psalm was about happiness. Well, we're just about there. Just one more thing. In Psalm 32, the first part of verse 5, David says, Finally, I confessed my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. Do you remember when your kids were little or maybe your nieces and nephews, they wanted to play hide and seek? And they would scurry off throughout the house. And maybe one would hide where the clothes are hanging at the front or the back door. And yet the lower part of their body would be completely exposed. They were easy to find. Or maybe another would be snuggled under a pile of couch cushions. An arm would be completely visible. As adults, we could easily see them hiding. You know, years ago, one of our boys, his name starts with the letter J. We were at the dinner table. And at that time, he didn't like peas. Now he'll eat pretty much anything that's set in front of him. But peas were not his favorite. And we noticed that during the course of the meal, that his peas were disappearing off the plate, but we didn't actually see them go in his mouth. And from our vantage point, we could see that under the table, there was a small pile of peas growing on the floor. And so we questioned our son. Are you eating your peas? Oh yes, he assured. And so I gave him a second chance. Are you sure those peas are going in your mouth? Yes, Dad, he said. Well, I could easily see that they weren't going where he said they were. And I pointed under the table and I asked him what was below the table. And it was then that he confessed. 
and I'm glad that he did. Although his consequence was to finish his meal under the table, on the floor, beginning with eating his peas. See, once we realize that we can't hide our guilt from God, we can get on with getting right with God. And David continues, I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. That's really it, isn't it? Rebellion against God. Wanting our own way. It is a big deal. So, here comes the happy part. This is the turning point where our life changes. It begins with our confession. And Psalm 32, verse 5, the second part reads, And you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. You forgave the guilt of my sin. Guilt is a terrible thing. Guilt literally makes you feel heavier and more belabored. It removes the joy and happiness of life. It creates self-doubt and even loathing. It restrains us from using the gods that has created and designed us, designed to be a part of our life. Guilt is a burden we cannot cast off on our own. That is why forgiveness is so awesome. Because the guilt of our sin is gone. True happiness comes from being close to God. And that closeness is possible through confession, which leads to forgiveness, which allows us to, us to experience the happiness in life through a right relationship with God. And so we see blessed, joyful, happy are the forgiven. And so what does forgiveness actually mean? What does it look like? Well, we need to head back to the beginning of the book, chapter 32, into verses 1 and 2. And we read, Blessed, oh, what joy, one version says, sins that are covered, sins that are put out of sight. Our sins are covered so as to become invisible to God, as though they had never taken place. The intriguing thing about this is that if we try to cover our own sins, they are still seen and they torment us. But if we confess them, if they are exposed to God, it gets covered, never to be seen again. Notice the difference in covering. When we try to cover our sin, it's hiding it. But when God covers our sin, he graciously deletes it. This is the happy. Verse 2 continues, Whose sin the Lord does not count against them, whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt. You know, my kids like playing the game Dutch Blitz. I used to like it when I was better than them. But now that I'm not, I think it's dumb. Who would create a game where you can have negative points? And now playing against my kids, I'm often in the negative. See, most of us are pretty good at keeping score. And not just of the games that we play, 
but by tallying, but by, by recording the wrongs done by others to us. We add them up and we hold them against them and we bring them out in the midst of a fight, remembering all of the points that are piled up against them. But you know what? Not God. Our sins are not counted against us. The Lord has cleared our record of guilt from us. And we find that David continues in this psalm, not wanting to keep this great news to himself that he has discovered. He, appeal, he appeals for others to experience his happiness and also to learn from his mistake, but that it leads to joy, his confession. You know, my dad used to tell me, learn from your mistakes, but better yet, learn from the mistakes of others, so you won't have to make them yourself. And this is David's appeal to us. In verse 6, Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while there is still time. Today is a good time to pray. While there is still time for God to free you from the guilt of sin and for you to experience the happiness and forgiveness of that, the life that God desires you and created you to live. And then in verse 7 we read, You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance or shouts of deliverance, songs of victory. When you think hiding place, think refuge. And for those of you who live around here in the valley, think Camp Squia, a place of quiet for our soul and spirit in the midst of a chaotic world. Being surrounded by songs, it reminds me of the town of Antigua in Guatemala. Jenny and I took numerous teams from the church down there on missions trip. And one of the highlights was going to an old convent and children's home. And in the middle of the compound, they had an underground chamber. It was completely circular. And even the ceiling was curved and circular right into the middle. And what we would do, we would, we would spread out and take positions all the way around the circular room. And it was covered with a hard plaster. And then we would begin to sing. And it was the most incredible experience. It was like you were surrounded by song. The voices of the entire team were coming at you from, from all angles. You could hear this wonder as if you were in the center of song. Beautiful experience. And throughout the Bible, there are songs declaring God's character, celebrating victory, celebrating victory over sin, declaring God's gracious character of forgiveness. And in verse 8, we read, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway 
for your life. Many years ago on a hike with some of my friends, we paused at the beginning of a forest trail and wondered and then debated which way we should go. We knew where we wanted to go, to the, near the top of this mountain to camp out, but we didn't actually know how to get there. And there were numerous trails, but there were no signs, and so we selected one. And as we continued up the mountain, new trails were introduced and branched off, and we would choose another one, and we would continue, and we would choose another one. Until finally we discovered that we had chosen wrong. And we returned actually to the trailhead. And our bodies were bruised and scraped from trails that abruptly ended at cliffs and we attempted to climb. And they were scratched and red, our arms and legs. for trail just ended in a thicket of thorns and bristles. And it was about then, as we were back wondering what to do, that a knowledgeable hiker came along. And in just a few minutes, he was able to guide us to the right trails. And a few hours later, we were at our destination, enjoying the wonder of all that the top of the mountain had to offer. We all have a destination in mind for what we would like our life to be. But we often make the wrong choices on how to achieve that. But God and his word are the direction that we need. But we have to trust God and to listen to him and his word. You know, there are two paths that we can take in our life after sinning. One includes denial of that sin and then the appropriate discipline. The other and much more favorable path is confession, which leads to forgiveness, which leads to the happiness of life. A little further on in verse 8, we read, I will advise you and watch over you. This is not a threat of an overbearing God, but it's the promise of a loving God that cares for us, watches out for us. And the conclusion of this psalm, verse 11, we read, So rejoice in the Lord and be glad. Happy are the forgiven those who confess, receive forgiveness, and live the happiness of life that God has created, designed for each one of us, that we may live as he has purposed. Our God, we thank you for your grace, for your forgiveness. God, in those times of stubbornness or pride or denial, God, may we see you at work in our life. That you are calling for us to repent. God, that we would come to you in confession. God, that that forgiveness that you offer so readily through the wonderful work of your Son, Jesus Christ, we would receive. 
and we would truly discover how happy are the forgiven through your work, through your love, through your grace. Continue with us, God. May we rejoice in your forgiveness, in your love. May that be the theme of our life. Happy are the forgiven as we continue. God, we thank you for your blessings. Continue with us. In the precious name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Thank you for gathering with us today. It is our prayer that your life would be blessed as you continue to seek God and follow his lead and live that life that he has created for you. Happy are the forgiving, are the forgiven. Amen.